You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. All right, we certainly uh, know, and we were talking about uh, last week, uh, Russian President Vladimir uh, Putin uh, signing laws, formally uh, taking over four Ukrainian regions, uh, making them, reclaiming them for Russia. Uh, obviously, uh, many saying this is just all a sham. Uh, there's no legality to any of this. And then we hear that Ukraine's going back in and reclaiming some of these areas. Is it different now? Because under Russian, uh, under Russian law, these are now Russian territories. So instead of Ukraine defending itself, it's now moving into Russia. Is that the reasoning behind all of this? Let's bring in Dr. Jack Cunningham, PhD, program coordinator at the Bill Graham Center for Contemporary International History in Trinity College and the Monk School, University of Toronto, and with us now. Jack, thank you for your time. Hope you're well. I am, Scott. Hope you're well, too. So far, so good. Thanks so much. So these regions have been annexed, and then Ukraine is going back in and putting their flags up. How does this change things? Well, the referenda that uh, that Mr. Putin sponsored have absolutely no legal validity. Uh, they might have had some political plausibility, but for the fact that uh, the, the Ukrainians are reversing the, uh, the facts on the ground. They're going in. They, uh, the Russian front line has, uh, has begun to crumble, first in the northeast, then in the south. And uh, Putin is faced with massive defections from his, uh, from his forces. Uh, young Russian men of draft age are fleeing the country at, a, at an astounding rate. Uh, and nobody seems to take these annexations seriously, except maybe Roger Waters. And I don't know if anybody takes this <laughs> very seriously anymore. Uh, so, um, what is Putin's reaction to now? You know, annexing these for his own political gain, and now uh, Ukraine saying no and putting their flags up. What's his reaction to uh, Ukraine calling his bluff? Well, he's, he's responded in his uh, most recent press conference by saying that uh, Russia will restore order in these annexed territories, which is, uh, which is code for uh, he's going to try to uh, push the Ukrainians back out again. Uh, it's not surprising uh, that, he would, that, he, that he would do this since the, uh, the Russians have, uh, have made a bit of a fool out of him on this occasion. Uh, the Ukrainians have made a bit of a fool out of him on this occasion. So the fact that he has claimed these, you know, at least in his own mind, these four regions, and now if Ukraine goes in, is that now his territory? So his response can be different now? He may think it is. Under international law, it isn't. Uh, and as, uh, as a matter of political reality, it, uh, it isn't. Uh, one of the things that's, uh, that's striking is just how little credibility uh, all of his claims on, uh, surrounding the referenda and the annexations have uh, have met recently. Uh, we talked uh, last week about the 300,000 troops being called up, people actually leaving Russia. Where is that now? Is that still happening? How are Russians reacting to all of this, including territory that they apparently retook that now they've lost again? Yeah, it's, uh, it is continuing, and it's not looking good for Putin. A very good piece by uh, Michael Kimmage in uh, Foreign Affairs said that uh, Putin has now broken the contract that he had with the Russian public. He promised them a return to glory and a return to great power status, but without it really costing anything. Now the butcher's bill is coming due, and uh, body bags are coming back home. He's uh, he's uh, he's mobilizing uh, 
tried trying to mobilize the Russian population, and understandably, it's not going down well. Is this his excuse that he needs to use nuclear weapons, or is that just still a threat in your mind? I think that is a a threat designed to deter the West from uh, further uh, further actions to uh, to help Ukraine. He's uh, he is a somewhat impulsive and erratic individual, which means we can't predict what he'd do. But I don't think he would uh, willingly uh, initiate uh, nuclear hostilities. He's he's impulsive enough that he could stumble into them. Well, that's sort of my next question, Jack. If this, if he doesn't use nukes now, when is the perfect time to use them? This many would think if he was going to use them, he would use them now. If not, when do you use them? Well, that's that's a very good question, and I think your uh, your premise is correct. These are these are the circumstances under which, if you were going to uh, threaten nuclear hostilities, you would do so. And he's been uh, he's playing at cage. You know, I mean, a, 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 a post nuclear hostilities uh, world is not one where he would cut the uh, the glorious figure that he wants. What shoe drops next, Jack? Well, one of the things that's that's that causes me some concern is uh, the OPEC cutback in in oil production because that makes it uh, easier for Putin to continue financing the war and it uh, stokes inflation war related inflation throughout the uh, the western economies it's uh, it's a bit of a, a a setback on that score especially since uh, president biden in particular invested a lot of time and effort in trying to woo saudi arabia and the Saudis have gone along as uh, Putin's lapdogs on this occasion. Uh, we remember uh, the Nord Stream pipeline and the issues with that, uh, obviously yeah. shut down and then explosions there. Any more on that? Any closer to finding out who did this? I haven't seen anything uh, to confirm the, uh, any, of the, any of the various theories that are out there. And uh, I, w- I think it's going to be a while before we get a, a reasonably com- complete and, uh, and, and impartial investigation. So does this not mean with holes in that pipeline that there's no way for Russia to now reverse its situation? Hasn't it itself taken one of its own options off the table if, in fact, they did sabotage, uh, sabotage it? Well, it would, that, would, uh, that would be the case, but... Uh, Again, Putin is not the master strategist we tend to think he is. He's a creature of resentments and uh, and impulses, and uh, some of them are uh, are contradictory to what he would do were he, in fact, the cunning strategist of legend. Uh, way back when the Russian invasion of Ukraine first happened, one of the issues on the table was Ukraine uh, becoming a part of NATO. Uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine was saying, no, that's not on the table. We don't need that. That's not what we're looking for. Now, all of a sudden, there's chatter of them joining NATO. What has changed? Is this a possibility? I don't think it actually matters a great deal whether uh, Ukraine is formally admitted to NATO or not. Uh, Henry Kissinger, for example, has said that formally or not, uh, Ukraine is part of NATO in terms of the geopolitical alignments. It is increasingly aligned with the West. We are increasingly supportive of its uh, of its efforts. So if uh, if uh, if it's not uh, if it's not actually in NATO, it's got the uh, the next best thing. What do you see happening? And I know you don't have a crystal ball, Jack, but in the in the ne- in the short term, in the next few weeks. In the next few weeks, I expect we'll see continued military reverses for uh, for Putin. The momentum is with the Ukrainians, and uh, 
and they seem to be playing uh, uh, a not uh, a, a a a in some ways rather weak hand uh, surprisingly well. Uh, uh, are you waiting for something to happen here? How long can Ukraine keep this up? Can they win this? It largely depends on us, on how long we continue to stand by them, continue to support them, continue to make good their uh, their military deficiencies. Uh, George Will had a very good column this morning suggesting that the West should be sending them uh, aerial uh, unmanned aerial vehicles or drones which would work very nicely in conjunction with the artillery they've got. They've got rockets that have the range and accuracy required to take out Russian artillery sites. Uh, drones would allow these to be identified and targeted in real time. So that, uh, that could be a game changer if it materializes. And a bipartisan group of congressmen has, uh, has urged President Biden to supply that weapon. I'm hopeful. Dr. Jack Cunningham with us, program coordinator at the Bill Graham Center for Contemporary International History in Trinity College and the Monk School, University of Toronto, or University of Toronto, talking about the latest in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Jack, as always, thanks for the time. Be well. You too, Scott. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.